Alright you freaks, weirdos, nonsense talkers, truth seekers, world destroyers, mind blowers, <laughs> welcome to another episode of the Paradise Paradox. So today, or the other week, I had the opportunity to interview uh, my friend L. Dixon and he told me a story about his his life going from a believer in religion to an atheist or a hardcore skeptic and now taking a more middle path or wondering exactly what's going on in the world and open to to new kinds of evidence, um, making his way along that path because of the various synchronicities and weird shit that was going on uh, in his life. So uh, you can check out um, L. Dixon's music on YouTube. Just search for L. Dixon. And of course, you can check out Never Get Busted. Uh, um, Leandro does a lot, a lot of work with uh, the Never Get Busted crew with uh, Barry Cooper. Um, and remember, you can jump onto the Paradise Paradox, look through our previous episodes, jump on the paradiseparadox.com slash 143. Um, so you can check the, the show notes of this episode, get some relevant links, interesting stuff. Uh, you can also go on donate.theparadiseparadox.com if you're feeling generous. Uh, we hope you enjoy the show. Um, and if you do, we implore you, please, please give us a little, a few beans uh, dropped off the off your plate, off the edge of the table, into our awaiting dog mouths, begging before you, please, master... Can I have some more? Donate.theparadiseparadox.com. Suggest a donation, $1 per episode that you like, but feel free to be generous. And remember, you can follow us on Steemit, Steemit, S-T-E-E-M-I-T.com slash at paradise-paradox. And I'm on there too, um, Steemit.com slash at C-H-U-R-D-T-Z-U, Chudzu. Um, so remember that, jump on there. Steemit is a platform where you can uh, get paid for posting, so it's good if you're a podcaster, artist, writer, musician, um, in genius who, whom the world has not yet recognized as so. So <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for tuning in and let's get into it. I got, I got to hear my buddy, uh, Mr. L. Dixon, L. L. D. Leandro. <laughs> man, man, of, man, many names, many names. Many names. Many names. <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> so uh, I wanted to, yeah. I mean, there's so much stuff that we could talk about. Like, uh, we could probably have an interview going on days because we you're be all over the place. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to narrow it down, and maybe we we'll just we we'll talk about some some stories you've been telling me about how for years you were an atheist and then uh, things things started to click into place and you thought maybe there's, there's something else going on in the world. So Yeah, for sure, man. Well, yeah, I, I guess it kind of started when I was like uh, 12 years old. I just kind of, 
I'm not sure. Like, I just had this epiphany that, wait a second, these stories don't entirely make the most sense. (laughs) You know, like as far as uh, the organized religion goes and all that, most of my family was uh, Jehovah Witnesses. Um, but yeah, you know, I would, I would ask questions, um, at the church and like, you know, to the adults around me, like, Hey, well, well, you know, what would uh, God say about aliens and just all, <laughs> all these like questions that they were not prepared to like, you know, grapple with. <laughs> so, um, yeah, in that process, um, I, I kind of like, yeah, I had my own little, like, you know, awakening to the bullshit of religion. Um, and so, yeah, that kind of started then and, uh. Yeah, and I just grew more and more like militant atheist as I got like older and more yeah. philosophical and like looked and I you know kind of became obsessed with the topic. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, I was just one of those like, you know, um Richard Dawkins, Sam Harris type <laughs> people that's like religion is like the scourge of the earth and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And and you know, still um to this day believe it there's a lot of bad things about it, but definitely um yeah. You know, my, my awakening to a more spiritual side of things is definitely like, you know, uh, I guess kind of tamed yeah, um, even, all that, evened out a little bit, balance. found a, a balance. Yeah. yeah. So um, part of what created that process for me was uh, around the time I was 21, um, I started experimenting with psychedelics. And uh, it was funny, too, because going into college, I was actually like a straight edge kid. Um, like I didn't drink alcohol, nothing. I like I was complete. I could have been a dare spokesperson. Actually, in um, in Virginia Tech, I started up a student organization called SOS Squares, like students for um, a student organization for social sober um, sober socializing. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. That um, sounds like yeah, a good idea. Yeah, at the time, you know, <laughs> you're, you're in college. Like I'm a freshman and everything, and all everybody wants to do every single weekend is go party and drink and everything. So I'm yeah. like, okay, maybe we should get some people together to, um, you know, do something other than that. Yeah. And um, after a while, I started realizing, wait a second, these aren't the coolest people that I'm attracted. <laughs> <laughs> but they were all like the church people. Yeah, they were, they were, they were the church people. Boys. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you have me, it's still this time, I'm like atheist, and I start this organization for sober socializing, and I'm attracting all these Christians, and I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> so that kind of like, you know, indirectly kind of led to me starting to drink a little bit, and then <laughs> drinking turned into smoking weed a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So um, <laughs> it's kind of funny how that happened. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I started smoking weed a little bit. And then, um, you know, they, they call weed a gateway drug. But um, I, I think the only way weed is a gateway drug is that when you smoke weed, you realize that everything they've told you about drugs is bullshit. Yeah. So that kind of started the process. I'm like, oh, wait a second. Well, the weed is this awesome like what about mushrooms mm. and yeah so started experimenting with mushrooms and uh, acid and um that definitely helps broaden my horizons and my perspective a little bit and kind of like you know shake me off that standard newtonian like materialist the objectivist view of the world mm. sort of thing where like everything that exists is just like you know what our scientific process currently understands the physical and the matter. physical matter yeah. Yeah, and anything beyond that is just like, you know, it's religion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's bullshit. It's, it's quackery. Right. Um, but yeah, obviously you start taking psychedelics a little bit and uh, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to broaden your horizons whether you end up as a more spiritual person or not, you know. So anyway, yeah, it did. Um, so for me, it was like, 
it at least showed me that there's there's more to reality than we currently understand, you know? Mm-hmm. And especially when you realize like how much of reality is your own subjective perception of it and how malleable that perception is. Like right. once you start taking psychedelics, you're like, whoa, this is a different world <laughs> I'm right. perceiving right now. Um, so there was that, and then there was experience, like synchronistic experiences. Yeah. Um, oh, hang on, can, I, can yeah. I ask you something before we move on to that? So I think that's a, like, I, I guess some people, if, if they haven't tried psychedelic drugs, then they might be like, um, they might question that and say, okay, so you took psychedelic drugs and you saw something that wasn't real and that, and that made you change your, uh, change your perspective on reality. But I think there's like, there's like, there might be two, two separate things at play there. One, which is like the psychedelic drugs allow you to uh, release your preconceptions, um, like shed, shed off some previous ideas and or like like ego death or something like that. Yeah. And then the other thing is, yeah, the things that you do see, then they do make you think, well, hang on, if, you know, like you were saying, if this is how my perception is, um, what, what else is out there? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was going to ask you, ask you a question. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, basically, um, adding to what you're saying yep. is um, that psychedelic research is actually showing now that what psychedelics do is they actually um, turn off certain filters mm-hmm. in our brain. So it's not that the psychedelic is like, you know, adding all, all these um, experiences in your mind and like it's stimulating certain things and blah. Um, it's more that, again, it's turning off certain certain filters. You know, there's um, there's whatever people might call an objective reality, there's something, there's some sort of stimuli that we're clearly all experiencing, right? And whatever that is, we all perceive it in a subjective way. Mm -hmm. And when your um, your subjective perception is stretched out um, by means of psychedelics or, you know, any uh, any sort of um, mystical experience, you know, a lot of the times um, people that are really deep into meditation report the same sort of experiences where all of a sudden they feel like, you know, connected with um, with all of humanity or all of life. And um, they, you know, they can have these um, ego death sort of experiences where, you know, now the, what you're perceiving is completely outside of your your normal um, reality tunnels, as like Robert Anton Wilson would call them. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, there's, there's a lot of dimensions to it for sure. There's, there's, um, we're we're in some huge, huge fucking system of reality, and we're only perceiving a tiny slice of it. And yeah, uh, the the best way to you know experience more of that is to I guess try to step away from the standard. Um, you know, standard model of reality that you experience. Right. It's, it's kind of like uh, like you have the, the school and religion and, and government or whatever, and they hand you like this this cookie cutter, yeah. like this McDonald's version <laughs> of reality or exactly. McDonald's model of the world, and you and you're like, actually, I think I'll do some cooking. Uh, I cook my own uh, mushroom burger or whatever. <laughs> exactly, and it's like it's like the same process as a psychedelic um, as far as just, again, stepping out of context, mm. just pulling yourself out of that context. I mean, they, they, um, they realize that um, traveling affects your mind in a lot of the same ways because you, you're, you're living your life and you're on this one little path mm-hmm. and you have this narrow, pers- uh, our daily human lives are like, you know, yeah. a tiny little slice 
of what the entire human experience is, right? Based on our own um, culture and our own life experience and all that. So when you remove yourself from that, it's a mind-expanding experience to realize that, wait a second, there's people over here that do things a lot differently and, and even the most, like, basic <laughs> aspects of life, you know? So, yes, psychedelics are the same way. Like, yeah. you know, it, it takes you out of your day-to-day context and um, just shows you a different way of thinking and perceiving, you know? Mm-hmm. I, re- I remember the first time I went to Colombia and uh, this, I was cooking with this young lady and she, she picked up a lion uh, and like with no warning just dropped it right to the floor and started rolling it with her shoe. And I was <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is complete nonsense what you do. Of course, if uh, Richie explained that like the, the, the lime was underripe, so she needed to soften it up to get the juice out. It, ma- it made perfect sense. But um, that would I would never ever think of. Yeah, that, I've never know. heard of that myself. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, like like what you're saying, you break break out of the habits and see yeah. see things in a different way. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, man. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's it's pretty crazy, and yeah, I think that's uh, that's one of the greatest benefits we can take from psychedelics for sure. But it's mm-hmm. again, it's not isolated to psychedelics. That's just taking ourselves out of any context in life, you know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I always like the quote: um, "A mind expanded to uh, the size of a new idea can uh, never return to its original dimensions." Right, right. It's like a like a, an Oscar fish in in a certain size tank. Um, yeah. It'll only grow to that size, but what, exactly, <laughs> you put it in a bigger tank and it grows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I think about that too. Like, uh, like I, I like to say that. Um, the let's see, I forget the way I wrote it, but it's something like um, you have these these ideas. Um, you like this new idea enters your mind, and it just, like pushes the the boundaries of your mind just this little bit out, and then you can see just a little bit further, and then you can see to the next idea, which, yeah. <laughs> which pushes yeah, your mind. It all starts to connect and everything, <laughs> and become stronger, and yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the cool things you can take from that, like, I feel like it's super important that um, I don't think most people have the same perspective is that, um, you know, a lot of the times there's like, you know, the whole of human understanding that we currently have. Mm. And, you know, there's a lot of experiences and things that happen on the fringes of that that, um, you know, may or may not be like legit phenomenon, you know. Mm. And uh, a lot of the times when considering these things, um, you know, people that are more closed-minded might not even want to, like, you know, if you talk about something like, uh, you know, I'm not really a flat earther myself, for example. We've talked about this before. Yeah. Um, But just when you're encountering ideas like that that are outside of your own paradigm, Mm -hmm. don't immediately take it as like, okay, I'm, I'm like, judging this as it comes in sort of thing, right? Like, uh, you know, I'm not even going to listen to that because, you know, I know it's not true. And, Mm -hmm. well, even, even ideas that may not be true can help expand your horizons of, of what you might think is possible or it could even yep. like, you know, it could be a, it could be creative fuel, you yeah. know? It yeah. could teach so you to think about science fiction, science fiction yeah. or, or, or you know. it could connect to something else that, that yep. is legit, you yeah. know? Yeah, like De, uh, Edward de Bono, uh, he, he calls that type of idea a, a PO. I forget what that stands for. It's like a pro- propositional something or other. Yeah. Anyway, it's like you propose this idea and the idea might have nothing to do with reality, yeah. but maybe it'll get you to another well, idea. Yeah, yeah, it's like um, a thought experiment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's one of the most common tools in philosophy is thought experiments. We know, mm -hmm. like, okay, this scenario is obviously bullshit, but it's forcing us to um, mm -hmm. consider this idea and, like, you know, broaden our perspectives mm -hmm. using it. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that's cool cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um so about the synchronicity, oh, tell yeah. us about that. Um synchronicities. Um so yeah, I mean, for those that aren't really familiar with um, synchronicity, it's just like a a coincidence that um that seems to have meaning. Mm -hmm. Um you know, and a lot of times uh they might relate to, you know, something that's going on in your internal world like you're you're thinking about something and then it just spawns it just pops up in your reality yeah, that like day, you know. Jung gives the example of like you're you're in your bed uh dreaming about a, a scarab beetle and then uh you wake up and see a, a big scarab beetle fly right yeah. through your window. Yeah. And, uh, so those things uh, have no obvious causal relation but but you can't really yeah. deny that they're they're connected. connected. When when people say that's a coincidence, um, you you play down that connection. But when you say synchronicity, it's like you know there's something you're something acknowledging there. that there's a meaning between that connection, and it's yeah. not just random coincidence. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I had a, a lot of experience like that. Um, you know, over the course of, of, of my life, but more so when I um, I started experimenting with psychedelics and started, like, you know, um, keeping my mind open to those sort of things. I mean, some of the stuff was just like, you know, like I mentioned to you, um, the one experience I had when um, me and a couple of my buddies were having a, a mushroom experience. And we're looking at this poster and uh, we're realizing that, like, you know, it starts to look like it has eyes. It's like a really trippy poster. It has like wizards and turtles and it's, you know, something you probably find in a head shop. <laughs> so it's obviously meant to play on things like that. But uh, yeah, we're looking at it like, wow, this thing looks like it has eyes. And then immediately the next song that came on Pandora was like, somebody, sometimes it feels like somebody's watching me. <laughs> what? what? Like, how, does, how does that happen? How does that happen? Yeah. And obviously it's not just like, you know, a few of these experiences. It's like, you know, stuff like that happening so commonly. I, I had to acknowledge it as a mm. phenomenon, mm. you know? And so um, as I'm, I'm realizing this in my own life that, you know, I used to be this uh, straight edge atheist character. And like now um, with experimenting with psychedelics um, um, and witnessing synchronicities, I'm now I, I don't know. I'm still some sort of agnostic, but I, I highly and strongly believe that there is something greater going on than we currently understand. And so it just feel like. Like I had com become a different person in a way, you know, a completely they're like completely diametrically opposed to where I was before, you know. And uh, the Ouroboros, the snake eating its own tail. I'm not sure if you can see it up there, but um, it, it represents like rebirth and um, and cycles. And you know, the snake is eating his own tail. And to me, that um, that kind of represented the fact that like you know, I I basically come around intellectually to. Um, start to like devour my old ideas, the old um, picture of reality that I had now is like, okay, well, that's bullshit. That's almost as much of a religion as the religions I was um, so opposed to, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> so um, I had made the decision to uh, actually go and get these tattoos, the Ouroboros tattoos. And um, that day, I wanted to go get Carl Jung's book, Synchronicity, because, you know, he's the one that coined the term, and I just thought it'd be a cool thing to read. So I um, went to Barnes & Noble, and I pick up the book, and I noticed that he has his book, uh, 
man and his symbols like right next to it. So, you know, I picked that up and I go to, to flip it open to a random page, completely random page in the middle of the book, and it's the fucking Ouroboros. <laughs> On the page, it's the Ouroboros. I have the, the synchronicity book in my left hand. <laughs> and I'm, that day, I'm going to get these tattoos, and I flip open this book randomly, and it's the Ouroboros. It was just a mind fuck that, like, you know, I couldn't deny. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things where I, I know my own little personal experiences and, you know, synchronicities, they, they aren't really like, you know, a testament to the, the larger reality. They're not proof for anything, but yeah, it was like a yeah. sense of internal validation that like, okay, there's something more going on that yeah. I want to like dive into and try to figure out and understand as much as I can. So anyway, later that day, I go to get the tattoo. I still have the books in my car. But um, the tattoo artist is just kind of starting. He's kind of doing the head and all that. And uh, he randomly mentions to me that, hey, you know what? Like, I, I'd rather just be, like, running through the forest and tripping on mushrooms. And at the time, you know, um, I had a, a pretty large supply of mushrooms. So I'm like, well, you're talking to the right person. Like, we can make this happen. And end up, I ended up paying for my tattoos with mushrooms on the day I grabbed the synchronicity book and opened up. The page and the Ouroboros is this is mind fuck. This is mind fuck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm still not sure how to process those experiences, but it's definitely like you know one of my my great intellectual curiosities. You know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> when you were talking about with your change from being being religious and then um, turning around to become atheist and then. Turning it around again to, to become something different or some you know something more balanced or more open minded, um, that's like what what our buddy Chris was talking about yesterday uh, with the the Hegelian dialectic. So he, he used the the terms uh, thesis, antithesis, synthesis, synthesis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's a that's a, that's like the same thing. So do, so do you feel? Ah, let's see. Yeah. Yeah. I um, never thought about it like that, but you're right. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's funny. Since you mentioned yeah. it yesterday, I've started like all of these uh, instances of it. And yeah, started yeah. Bubbling it the, I mean, just yeah. just <laughs> so people understand what we're talking about, like um, this is basically a, a pattern of the the way things come to fruition, where you'll have um, the original thesis, um, you know, some some sort of event or some uh, cultural yeah, belief, predominant uh, idea, a predominant yeah. idea. And um, it'll be dominant for a while until it starts to um, come into contact with this antithesis. Yeah, so um, there's like a strong reaction. There's a strong reaction to it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so from there, um, you know, they'll duke it out for a while, and then it'll come around to the synthesis, mm. which is um, essentially like you know the balance between the two that mm. kind of achieves like the new homeostasis. Yeah, yeah, or like the like it's like. The, the good parts of both of them become exactly. integrated into into this greater truth. Right. Yeah. So, what would you say? Either uh, what what were the important truths or the important things that you learned from the religious side and the atheist side? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so, definitely from the the atheist side, it was um, you know just still um, adhering to the scientific mindset of not accepting anything um, like as absolute truth mm. um, until we can you know basically prove it in some way shape or form you know like mm. I, I look at a lot of things like uh, like the 
the, uh, the whole world and the universe and the way things came to be is like a crime scene, right? Mm. And to me, science represents like the forensics team. Yep. You know, they're, they're the ones get in there and like, you know, actually in the in the scene, like breaking things apart and trying to like um, actual use scientific method to determine like objectively what may have happened. Right. But we can't just rely on the forensics. Um, you know, we have eyewitnesses as well. Mm. And so um, to me, eyewitnesses are like, you know. They're the spiritual belief systems. These are people that have had some sort of experience with the world um, that may go beyond what our forensic method can currently understand, mm. right? Um, this is just a goofy little way I like to look at it, but yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's a good an- analogy. Yeah. So it's yeah, it, it's kind of uh, I guess a little alarming to me that saying if you're a very scientific or a- atheistic person. Um, you might have a religious experience, and you, you would be like, they would cast "No, it out. that's not. That's never happened." Exactly. Or, you know, you'd have to rationalize it or say it's just uh, neurons firing, and there's no meaning behind it. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you, you can imagine some bizarre court scenarios where, like, you know, the DNA might say one thing. Maybe somebody was framed or something like that. But you have several eyewitnesses that say, oh, no, it wasn't that person. We saw this guy doing it, mm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And um, if you only take the forensics um, as truth, then you com- you miss out on part of the story and you can just as easily be duped as the person that only has the eyewitness report, you know? And we know how foggy and subjective that can be. Mm. So I feel like the, the unison of both um, is, is the better way to um, find, to, to like, what's the word, triangulate upon truth. <laughs> yeah, trying to, trying to nail it down. Trying, trying to nail it down, yeah. yeah. Draw out conclusions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? No, well, <laughs> lost it, lost it. <laughs> um, yeah, my, my buddy Luke told me a, a, a story once about um, uh, this this woman. I think she was Catholic, and, and one day she started having this, this intense, like a peak experience or a religious experience. And uh, she, I guess because of uh, her, her Catholic um, indoctrination or <laughs> um, education, whatever you want to call it, um, she she like got on her knees and she started saying, "I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy," which is just uh, to to me it seemed so bizarre yeah. because um, I mean you're having that experience, so of course you're worthy of it. You wouldn't be having it if you, <laughs> if <Exactly>. you weren't. <laughs> that you know it's for you. It's not for anybody else. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. The, pro- the whole point. <laughs> yeah, but it's a shame because yeah, the, these. Um, you know, when you have these beautiful experiences, you can find ways to shut them out. Oh, but, yeah, just you know. write them off. Yeah. Write yeah. them off. Like, I, I've had, uh, yeah, experiences as a kid that, you know, when, when I'm still, when I say a kid, I mean, like, after 12, when I'm already considering myself an, an atheist, mm-hmm. and I would have some random experiences that um, I would just kind of push it to the side. Like, I know this just happened, but mm-hmm. I can't even believe it myself mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of thing. Like, uh, you definitely have some crazy deja vu experiences and all that sort of stuff. And, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just easy to try to like, you know, box those things, like and push them to the side. Like, I'm yeah. not even going to deal with that. It kind of yeah. is outside of the, the circle of things that I'm told <laughs> is reality. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not even going to consider it. Yeah. 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 Uh, 
Yeah, I like to say that that uh, I like to use this really broad uh, definition of the word evidence, uh, and and I like to say evidence is um, anything that we can use uh, to to determine the the truth of a proposition. Um, so it could it could very well be our personal experience, and and the thing is, um, like, oh, and another another idea I had is um, scientists. Uh, precluded uh, from experiencing a miracle or like like you're saying like they box, box it off to the side if it's not repeatable um, then then exactly. you have to, you have to just like pretend it didn't happen or you know say well I don't I have no idea even if you saw it with your very own eyes yeah. you have to pretend it didn't happen <laughs> yeah. um, or you know or yeah not necessarily outright reject it but but you can't you can't, treat you can't it incorporate it into your your, um, yeah. your worldview in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's it's kind of weird, but I mean, to call yourself a scientist, uh, you know, dedicated to the pursuit of, of knowledge and expanding, uh, all, you know, the the body of information, but at the same time, you kind of have to to reject certain things and pretend they didn't happen or ignore them or whatever. Um, uh, which it, se- it seems very contradictory. Yeah, it's very anti-scientific, actually. Mm. I mean, if you think about the, the whole of scientific progress, it usually comes from um, some sort of experience, some sort of personal um, right. encountering with a natural phenomenon, right? Yep. And then yep. through, like, you know, uh, human beings, we... Uh, we encounter a phenomenon like like fucking tornadoes. Mm. And when we're like, you know, at one point we might have thought it was the finger of God and that, mm. you know, God is trying to punish us because we just didn't have a better explanation for it, right? Mm. But we had this personal experience of this thing. Like, we know this is a real fucking phenomenon. Like, <laughs> there are tornadoes. We've seen them. And, and it, took, it took a long time between having that experience of encountering tornadoes to actually developing the scientific method and then, you know, having the scientific method progress enough to where we can apply it to weather and fully understand what's going on when we see a tornado. Mm. And so I feel like the, whole, the vast majority of scientific progress is based on just that. You have our, um, our scope of current understanding and then you have things that occur outside of that. And at first, we aren't sure how to like intellectually deal with that. So a lot of times, we'll just make up stories. Yeah, <laughs> so that's how religion started in the first place. Yeah, um, and then from there, like the goal of science should be to expand the scope of understanding to incorporate. Or better understand these experiences that happen on the fringes, mm. um, and traditionally that's that's been the intention. But it definitely seems like we've kind of lost touch with that. Like we feel like we've hit this point where our science is so good that that this we have the complete map of how things work in the in the physical world is what what people act like. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. not at all. But it, I think we get the, this skewed perspective on the past because yeah. we look back at. You know, if we look at someone like Isaac Newton, I mean, people, I'm, I'm pretty sure people saw him as just absolutely wacko at the time. But oh, now, yeah. but, you know, looking back, we're like, oh, you know, that guy, that guy uh, came up with a lot of cool ideas that are useful. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we get this idea that visionaries are, are accepted when we look at history. But um, today, if, if someone came along like that with, you know, with completely different ideas, we'd probably be like, "No, you're 
Uh, you're, yeah, you're, you're you're off the exactly, <laughs> and most people understand that. Like you know, we see it in we see it in history, we see it in movies all the time. Like you know, when something happens and there's all the the skeptics, like oh no, this can't be possible. Oh, you're a loony, and all that, you know. And then it comes true, or the person does the thing, you know. They yep. they create the 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 airplane or the electric car company that outsells all the the, the gas uh, sedans and shit like that things that people said you know this is this is not possible <laughs> you know uh, to me it seems silly at, at this point in humanity to say like anything is impossible for us to achieve you know right you know like it's just a, it's not impossible it's just a matter of time <laughs> by this point, you know, um, I think we'll come to understand um, most things that are that are current currently seem unfathomable, uh, ununderstandable, and we'll, we will be able to achieve most things that seem fucking impossible to us. It's just all a, a matter of time. So when that time comes, like, what side of history do people want to be on? Do they want to be the ones like, oh no, that's not possible, that's bullshit, um, let's not even consider this scientific potential, or yeah. do you want to like, you know, consider it, <laughs> yeah. look into yeah. it, and uh, even, investigate you know, it. Even though, uh, like, maybe 90% of those ideas that you investigate, you're like, well, okay, I looked at it, oh, and yeah, it's looked bullshit. At it as bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. But the, you know, there'll be that what for you know one percent, ten percent. Exactly, one to ten percent that you'll get that you wouldn't have got if you just stayed in the bubble. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> little by little. Exactly. That bubble. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay, I think that's a great note to to finish on there. Yeah, for sure, did, man. Did you have any final thoughts or? Um, no, I think yeah. we're going to do some fun stuff. Do you have any projects you want to promote? Um, uh, not um, in particular. I mean, uh, if, if you're interested in like music with a message, you can check out my site at uh, l-dixon.com. That's an actual hyphen. Um, it's where all my music goes. You know, I try to, you know, do stuff with uh, substance, talk about real world things. You know, it's definitely revolutionary in nature. Um, yeah, I mean, if if you're interested in psychedelics and um, you know perhaps having an ayahuasca experience, you can hit us at nevergetbusted.com. I'm part of that project as well. And uh, yeah, for anybody that might be listening that uh, is anarchist in nature, um, come to Narcopoco. Yeah, 2017 in February. But yeah, February 25th. It's a fun event. Um, yeah, we connect with like minds and, uh, you know, learn more about how we can actually change the world and make it better and uh, less corrupted. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Remember, you can check out Leandro's music on YouTube. Just search for L-Dixon and you can check out his work with the Never Get Busted crew. Check out uh, just... Go on to Facebook and you can follow them on there. Never get busted. Uh, and remember, you can jump on to Steemit, steemit.com. That's S-T-E-E-M-I-T dot com slash at paradise dash paradox to follow us. Press upvote on our post because that helps us out a lot. doesn't take a lot of effort on your part, but it's easy to do and it, it helps us uh accumulate a little bit of cash money so we can keep uh, improving our project here and sustain ourselves with uh, energy credits of uh, protein that are sent down as divine manner from the internetosphere. So 
jump onto there. Also, if you if you feel like giving us a tip, you can jump onto donate.theparadiseparadox.com. We appreciate it. Uh, we love it when we see those little bits, those uh, Satoshis coming in or those PayPal transactions coming into our account. We appreciate it so much. Um, so thanks so much for, for all of the people donating there. Thanks to Leandro for, for uh, letting me interview him. And we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Get money, get money, get money, get money, get money, get money.